that we have entitled "How to Demonstrate Satan's Defeat," and we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up today and move on to something else. Um, well, when Dr. Jacobs and uh, Dr. Rogan was here, we were back in the office one day, uh, first day, and um, the last time they were here. I was talking with Dr. Jacobs about a particular uh, Bible translation, and uh, he was real interested. And while I'm talking to him, uh, Dr. Rogan was was on his phone, and I thought, you know, he's just texting his wife or something. He was he went to Amazon and bought it before we finished the conversation. <laughs> and so this time. I told him, I said, you know, last time we tried this with doctors, so I'm going to start with you. And I was, I was telling him about a, a particular translation, and I showed it to him, and I said, read this, and, and read this one, and read this. And, and boy, I mean, he was fired up. And uh, so anyway, uh, every time I saw him, he was talking about it. He had been thinking, meditating on those, those scriptures. And I mean, he was fired up. So anyway, I bought him and Doctor uh, one of those translations, and and uh, so now they can have it have one themselves. But anyway, um, but you know, it was I I, I was observing Doctor Rogan um, how that you know he was just he would keep talking about that scripture those scriptures he was feeding on it and uh, so in the early church in the in the early days of the of the first church all throughout the book of the acts the believers knew their power over the enemy there wasn't a question they knew it and they spoke with authority they, now listen, listen to this. I want you to get this. Write this one down. They did not continually contend with demonic harassment. They didn't put up with it. You know, as a parent, there's some things that your kids will try to do and you know, you put it up with it a time or two, but after that, you just, you've had it. That's where we need to be. They spoke with, with the power of the Holy Spirit and demons obeyed immediately. They demonstrated Satan's defeat to the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 this is the, the King James. It says, Know you not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Paul is addressing the church, and he says, Don't you know this? You're born again. You're filled with the Spirit. Don't you know? The, 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 uh, the Passion Translation says, Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and that the Spirit of God makes His permanent home in you? This is not a and b You know, they come and they stay for a little bit and then they, and He leaves. No, no, no. This is permanent. I'll tell you another thing. Even when you miss it, and I know nobody here does this. Bruce certainly wouldn't do it. No, you know, you, you, you've missed it, but you're embarrassed. And you don't want to go and do 1 John 1, 9. You know 1 John 1, 1 John 1 9, right? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
but you're embarrassed and you don't want to go and you've probably done this time or two already, but you're embarrassed and you don't want to go. But you know, the Holy Spirit is, is in there and He's still going. Come on. Come on. Come on. He just doesn't abandon us and take off. I want you to let this sink in to your heart. We have Almighty God on the inside of us. You know, a sinner can't say that. Well, they may say it, but they don't say it with much conviction because it hadn't happened. But when you get born again, We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living in our very being. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. This is the Amplified. You are in Him. Now, now listen to this. I, I know that was one thing that I was talking with Dr. Rogan. Uh, there are things that are so awesome that are said to us in the epistles that we just kind of, you know, it's so strong that we don't want to tackle it. And while we were talking, I, I, I was telling Dr. Rogan, I said, you know, what this scripture is saying it's going to have to take a revelation to the body. We were talking about, about how the, the church is going to get a hold of this before uh, the Lord comes back. And I was saying, you know, it's going to take a revelation. And he was saying it's going to have to take a revelation to the, in the church for all the church to begin acting like this to the world. Anyway, you are in him made full, having come to the fullness of life. This is the Amplified. You are in him made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too, you too, are filled with the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And reach, and reach, and reach full spiritual stature. Now I know there's a lot of churches say, no, you, the, yes, that's heresy. You can't, you can't do that. Because you're not Jesus. Well, you know, uh, I have his I have his uh, autographed text. And it says that. So who's the liar? You or Jesus? Anyway. We need to know what we have in Christ. And, and by that I mean we need to know what we have in our lives when we have the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are the temple. You know, they, they made such a big deal about the, the temple that Solomon constructed. It was, it was I, had a, I used to have a, uh, what do you call those things? Photo? What? Zoom Master, yes. View Master, okay. And uh, one of the sets that my parents bought me, uh, my brother, 
we, we were going on vacation, and they bought us a couple of these series. And I remember the Temple of Solomon was one of the uh, seven wonders of the world. And I mean, you know, when you, when you hear about all that he put into the temple, the, the every, oh, it's just, your mind goes tilt, tilt, tilt. Billions of dollars. The bricks were covered with gold. And it was just, and yet we are the temple. We are the living, talking, moving temple of the Lord. And you think that the, the, the walls that were covered with gold was something? I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. The creator of the universe lives. We, our bodies, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, many believers do not appreciate that, 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 that almighty power that's in us until someone comes along who has some understanding, who understands it and begins to unfold to us that wonderful power and ability that is dwelling in us. You know, part of the problem is, uh, besides being ignorant of the Word, part of the problem is, part of the problem besides being ignorant of the Word is, people live uh, so dominated by their feelings. Now listen, so dominated by their feelings. They don't, they don't feel the power resident within them. So then it must not be in there. There must not be anything to this. You know, God's merciful. If He were to turn up the power that's in us, give it a good crank. Probably we wouldn't have anything to bury. The same power that created the universe dwells in us. And if, and if He were to crank up that power so you were cognizant of the power resident, we would be crispy critters. We walk by faith. That's, that's it right there. You're not, we're not dominated by our feelings, whether you know, the Word says he's, we are. But you see, when you, when you learn that the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by our feelings, when you start doing that, you'll, you'll see more things happening for you. The Bible says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It doesn't say you'll lay hands on them when you feel it. That's right. I've seen people have miracles and I didn't feel nothing. I thought, God, come on, a little something. You know, give me something. <laughs> um. You know, the Bible shows us that Satan is a defeated foe. And I know you've been hearing me say this all the way through this series, but I'm going to keep saying it because it's so. But you have to act on the word to enforce his defeat. I want to read something to you. I just found this this morning. I was picking up the mail uh, 
out of my front seat and bringing it in to give her the bills. She's getting after me about leaving it in my car. And so uh, how many of you get the believer's voice of victory? Hey, it's free. Just call, call them and say, put my name to Anyway, I started reading this, and I, I didn't stop to look who, who, was, uh, who was the author. It says, one day, back when I was a teenager, I made a mistake I will never forget. Those are in big, big letters. And um, so I'm, I start reading, reading the, the article. It says, uh, in a fit of, fit of anger, I, I, I wished... I wished, I wished off, uh, I, excuse me, I wised off at my dad, and when he scolded me for it, I put up my fist as if I were challenging him to a fight. Dumb. My dad was a wonderful, loving, godly man, so I never, it never occurred to me that, that he'd accept my challenge. But he did, dot, dot, dot. And the next thing I knew, I was lying on my back in the closet in the dark. And I'm going to skip part of it because, anyway, uh, his father had punched him out, one punch, and he landed in the closet and the father closed the closet door. When I came, when I came out, my mother says, Kenneth, what were you thinking? Don't you know that your dad used to be a prize-winning boxer? He said, I clearly did not. So she filled me in. She explained that back in the days when, when little towns across the country used to arrange fights between the town, town tough guy and anyone who would challenge him, people from around... People from all around would pay to come and watch. And with, uh, with the winner, uh, and the winner of the match would get, uh, get the lion's share of the money. My dad and my uncle, Uncle Carl, uh, once fought in such massive mass matches in towns from here to California and back and paid for their trip with prize money they won. She said, neither of them ever lost a fight. You ever seen Brother Hagen, Brother uh, Copeland's dad? He's not a real tall guy. He was kind of stocky. Lesson learned. I never challenged my dad like that again. The opportunity did uh, present itself, though. Uh, he, he goes on, he says... A few years later, after getting home, home from the army, I was angrily back-talking to my mother, <laughs> angrily back-talking my mother early one morning in the kitchen, and my dad overheard me. Coming around the corner, he caught me by the lapels of my bathrobe, picked me up off the floor, and pinned me against the refrigerator. Sonny boy, he said, you and I are going to have a fight, and I'm going to win. He said, this time, instead of putting up my fist, I showed him respect, uh, the, the respect he was due. I said, he said, no, sir, put me down. I said, you've already won. That's smart. He's, he's, he's learning. Um, if we are born again believers... Uh, if we as born-again believers only realize it, the devil is in the same position with us I was with my dad that day. Now listen real close. He, knew, he knows from experience what kind of power we, we can wield against him. He made, that, he made the mistake 2,000 years ago of challenging our Lord Jesus to a fight and lost everything. So while the devil messes with us, so when, when the devil messes with us, we can pin him to the wall with the name of Jesus. 
He's already defeated. You are the conqueror. You say, but I didn't do anything. Jesus did. He did it for you. And he turned and handed it to you just like you did it. It's listed in heaven as you won the fight. You have the mighty Spirit of God within you to help you arise and be victorious in every situation. You have the Word of God, which is, which is your instructions. Right? Read your instruction book. You have, which is your instructions to show you how to move in the power of God. Let me, let me share something with you. Brother Hagen, uh, he, he was in, in our classes, he used this several times. And he said, I have learned in every crisis of life to look to the Holy Ghost in me. You can look in there, but you know how to get the answer out? In Proverbs uh, uh, 20, 20, it says, let me just show, read it to you. Proverbs 20. Verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Verse 27, it says, The spirit of man is the lamp, or let's just say it like this, the light bulb of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. He said, counsel in the heart. So counsel is there. But a man of understanding will draw. We used to go down to Arkansas where my, my mother grew up. And it seemed like everybody, every house we went to, they all had a well. I remember one, one guy, he lived so far back. I'm telling you, it was, they had to pump sunshine in there. Uh, but he had on the back porch one of these pumps to draw up the water to use. And the other people, you know, we would go out and, and uh, I remember this one particular man, he, we would drop the bucket down and crank it. You know, as kids, you'd think, oh, how far down does this thing go? And you just kept cranking and it finally got up. And, and the water, it was so cold. And I don't understand how, but it was sweet. It was Oh, it was awesome. I just love to go over to that guy's house and get water. But Brother Hagin said, I have learned in all the crises of life to look to the greater one in me. Yes. Well, uh, when you begin praying in the Spirit, that, that wisdom rises up. I'm telling you, being filled with the Holy Spirit is more valuable than you can imagine and more profitable. So, um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let me give you an example. You can go out and buy a new vacuum cleaner, but if you don't know what it's for, or, or you don't know how to use it, it's not profitable to you. It is not profitable even to have it. It's no use if you don't, if you don't read the instruction manual. How many of you brought your instruction manual this morning? Yes. Well, I say two. 
You know, one nice thing about this church, I grew up in a church where uh, I could go up to the church and help, you know, help with remodeling and stuff. And uh, in between jobs, I would go into the sanctuary to sit down and read. And it wasn't hard to find a Bible. They were all over the place. This, is, this Bible was presented to do dead. You know, this. I come in here and I don't find Bibles. Once in a great while, I'll find one on the information table. Somebody walked off and forgot it. So I commend you on that. Anyway, Luke chapter 4. This is the uh, beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Luke 4.18, he, he, it says, The Spirit, this is, this is out of the book of Joel. Is it Joel or Isaiah? The Spirit, uh, Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is given to us there, there's so. If you look at, look up the name, look up the word paraclete in your uh, concordance. It gives you a list of different things that he is to us, that he does. He's our helper. He's our counselor. He's our guide. He's our teacher. He's our, you know, it goes on and on. But notice here in G, in this verse, these verses, these two verses, Jesus said, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because." It wasn't anything for him. The Spirit of the Lord was on him for the sake of other people. Now, that, now remember what I said. He's, he's in us for us. But in this particular case, Jesus is saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for all these people. Jesus said that, that through the Holy Spirit we would bring a demonstration to the world that Satan is already a defeated foe. Amen. Remember with a woman with the, with, uh, that was bent over? She went to church one Sunday, Saturday. And she's in, in the synagogue and Jesus is there, and, and he sees her. And I mean, she's, you know, it's one of these deals, like she's, I've only seen one person that bad. And um, he looked at her and he says, woman, you're freed. He was talking covenant. Because of the covenant that God made with Abraham and all of his descendants, you're free. And he went over and he laid his hands on her and she straightened up. That was a lie. That was a lie that the devil had got in and made this woman like that. But she didn't know she was free. The priest wasn't teaching that. He, was, he wasn't telling them what the covenant, their covenant was. And Jesus came along and he says, you're, you're free, honey. And he put his hands on her and she straightened up. And they all began to give glory to God. They didn't give glory to God when she was bent over. You know, I've heard people say, well, God's getting glory out of that. No, he's not. That poor person was suffering You know, it's, it, it, I want to say something to you, and I want you to get this. It is not up to us to defeat Satan. 
It is not up to us to do that. Jesus has already done all of that. We are to demonstrate that the work is already done. Now, let, let me say this. The devil has uh, lied to people and he has told them, you can't defeat me. I'm, I'm bigger than bad and I'm going to do this and do that. He's a liar. Did you hear me? He's a liar. And he's told you, and I've heard, I've heard Christians say, you know, I, the devil, be careful, the devil will do this and do that to you. You're, you're, you're planting seeds of a disaster, darling. It's not what he's going to do to me, it's what I'm going to do to him. You see, it, it, it's up to you to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you. By the Holy Ghost, so that so that you will demonstrate to the world that He's defeated. One time we uh, we hadn't been here for too long, and uh, Kevin Carroll called us, and uh, yeah, I know you've heard this before, but there's some haven't. So you know, I want to hear it again. Uh, he, there was a woman that didn't go to our church. She was, I won't say what church she went to, but uh, she needed us to come over and pray for her. And I know it wasn't, she didn't come up with that idea. Somebody else did and, and volunteered us. But anyway, Lydia and I went and, and uh, she was sitting on the couch across the room from us and we were sitting over here and she was wreathing in pain I've never seen anything like that. She was just, oh, she was suffering so bad. And I, I said, you know, we'll, I don't remember if we prayed for her first. I think I told her first. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you, but you, I want you to do something for me. Every time you think about it, I want you to say, I'm free. The devil cannot do this to me. I am free in Jesus' name. I said, every time you sit down, every time you stand up, every time you go to the bathroom, every time you go to the refrigerator, I want you to say this. Okay, can you do that? She said, yeah. So I went over and took authority over that thing and, and uh, commanded it to leave. So she stopped that wreathing, you know. Anyway, we left and uh, bless her heart, I heard later on she went to this particular church where she went and she asked the pastor, she says, can I be demon-possessed? And I never said, it was just a spirit that was harassing her flesh. So anyway, he told her no. But anyway, she, I guess, kept on doing what I told her. We saw her in, the, in Walmart one day and I almost didn't recognize her her countenance had changed so much and uh, she was walking up straight doing great and I think it was a couple three weeks later I saw her again she looked even better but you know if it were up to her pastor she wouldn't have got help I'm not patting myself on, on the back I'm saying Jesus um, so the enemy is defeated, and we need to be uh, the representatives of the Lord taking this message to people. You know, don't, don't go and think, well, I have to do this and do that. No. It's the Holy Spirit in you that will flow through you. Okay? So that takes all the pressure off of you. You're just the, you're just the uh, delivery boy. You know, 
You can start in your own personal life. Before you branch out to the world, start in your own life. There may be things happening in your life that you know it's not God. It is not. Stop it. Take the name of Jesus. He told us to go into all the world and, and cast out devils. He gave us His name. Start in your own house. Notice, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, because. Here's why. Here's why He was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, what's, what's, let's, let's change that. Change the word gospel to good news. That's what, that's what gospel means. To preach the good news to the poor. What's, what's the good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor no more. God has a financial plan for His children. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. You know, there's a lot of different degrees of captivity. And they need to hear the word. And recovering of sight to the blind. How many blind people did Jesus heal? He was all the time, people were all the time, Son of David! Have mercy. The word mercy and, and compassion are the same word. Same Greek word. Come and have healing compassion on me. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the year of deliverance. The year of total freedom from captivity. All, the, all your bills are paid. You know, there's so many people that, that you know. Just think about it. There's so many people that you know that are, that are oppressed by sickness. They're depressed. You know, that's, that's terrible to be in depression. That's horrible. Same thing with a migraine. Those things are terrible. There's so many, so many people that are, that are living under the works of darkness, and you've got an answer. Let me say it this way. Some of you don't have the guts to go do anything yet. But you've got the answer. You've got, you've got the address. You can send it to them. You know, we used to go to a church in Dallas that, uh, I mean, we went expecting every week. And the services were just charged. And I got called on the carpet at the college I was going to for going there. And uh, they, they called me on the carpet twice and they chewed me out and yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, you know, I've been in your churches. I've counted how many people got saved, how many got filled with the Spirit. And I would, I, I, after I got called on the carpet, I started counting. I never saw less than 24 people get filled with the Spirit. And I, I didn't, I don't know how many people came to get born again. People were healed. People came expecting. Why should you come expecting? Because there's people that need help. Yeah, people brought people. You know, this was back, back during the, uh, the charismatic move. But my brother and sister, we're, we're stepping into something right now that's greater than the charismatic move if you don't know what, was, what that was. Yeah. 
Anyway. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for a reason. And He has anointed me to You know, I, I, there, there's so many people that are sick and depressed and they're, all of the different things that they're having to deal with and they don't know how to get out of it. Um, I, I know Christians think that, that these people already know. They already know the answer. So I, I don't need to go and tell them. I promise you, they don't know. They don't. When we first came here, we had a guy that had gone to college. He had gone to church in this town at one of the prominent churches. And he never heard, you must be born again. Never. Never. And I thought, dear Lord. And... He had to go away to college and somebody took him, took him to a church there in town and he got born again. He said, I never had heard you must be born again. Ever. So don't, don't uh, think, well, I, I don't need to tell them. Some of them may have heard but haven't acted on it. And they need to, they need, need to be prompted again. Yeah. You must be born again. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're not born again, a lot of them. People that, that you know, they're, they're children of darkness. Or they may, may go to a church, but that church just says, well, you know, all that stuff has passed away. God's not doing that anymore. I love what I heard Charles Capp say, say about that. He says, you know, I've got a Chinese cheer for that. Fui, fui, fui. <laughs> to stand in a church and say that, why in the world are you in the ministry? You're a dud. Anyway. You know, when Jesus began his ministry, he saw those people that were bound. And he began to, to bound. They were in bondage. And the compassion of the Lord rose in him and he began to tell these people what the will of God was for them. And he began healing the lost, healing the sick. I started to say, say something else, but salvation wasn't available at that point. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. But he began to demonstrate what the will of, will of the Lord was for them. You know, when Jesus started uh, calling, calling men to be his disciples, it said that Philip, he went and found uh, Nathanael and said to him, We have found him whom, whom Moses in the law, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And, and Nathanael said unto him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, Come and see. You know, you, there's, there's a lot of people that, that need to hear And you are ambassadors sent with a message. You know, a lot of people are, are I, I've heard, heard this said before, people are, are wanting to be, um, let's see, what was the word? They want to be sent out. They want to be released to go and do. What what do you what do you need? What what is greater than the name and the blood? Yeah. 
You've already been called. You've already been commissioned. You've got a, you've got a message. Open your mouth and say something. I was, I was in my, my room in the barracks when I was in Spain, and uh, the guy across the hall from me I worked with, uh, and I had witnessed to him and his, his, his mama and his grandmother had talked to him about the Lord. But he said, I'm not through partying yet. When I get through partying, then I'll think about it. Well, he got busted coming back from Madrid to Zaragoza. The Guardia Civil, the, the uh, civil police, pulled him over. They thought he was running drugs from, from Morocco. And they pulled him over, and they pulled, pulled the back seat out. I mean, they, they, un, they took his car apart and left it on the side of the road. And they turned his name in to the base. And, uh, I mean, they were looking for drugs, and they couldn't find anything because he wasn't a druggie. But uh, I don't know what, what he had done, but they decided to discharge him. And uh, he was over there in his room with, with some other guys, and they were just being loud. And uh, I guess he was packing. And I was in my room. I had just gotten off of work, and I was in my room praying. And I hear inside, go over and talk to him about the Lord. And I thought, with all those guys in there, no. No. So, you know, he was insistent. So finally they left and I went over and talked to him. He got born again. Now he's in trouble. They're throwing him out of the service. And uh, now he's willing to listen. And he got, he got born again. And I don't know whatever happened to him, but Hmm? Yeah. So, the Lord will open doors for you. You know, it, it, uh, you just have to take that step in faith and swallow the fear and open your mouth. And let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let's all stand. Um, you know, the Lord... Uh, it, over in Revelation, it, it, it says the Lord is standing at the door knocking. And if you look at that picture, that you know, here's Jesus standing there knocking. There's no doorknob. The doorknob is on the inside. You have to open the door. You have to be the one saying, "Come in." This, I want you to bow your head with me for a minute. I don't want to let an opportunity like this pass. I want to ask you, if you have not made Jesus Lord of your life, He's here today to make you born again. And He's waiting on you. Is there anyone you say, you know, I've, I don't know where I'll spend eternity. I've never really thought about it. But now that you bring it up, I, I don't know where I'll spend eternity when I die. If you've never taken that step, I can tell you where you're going to wind up. And it's not pretty. And there's no escape. You know, a lot of people think, well, I, I'll, I'll do it some other time. But I've, I've had friends that said that, that were killed 
and they died, according to the police, they died instantly in a car wreck. They didn't have a chance to, to say, well, uh, what, what, what was that that Ames was saying about, about Jesus? They didn't have time to think about it. The smart thing is to make the decision now and begin now to walk with the Lord. Begin now to develop that relationship with Him. Is there anyone you slip up your hand and say, would you pray for me? This is, this is not something that, that uh, is going to cost you. Jesus told the disciples, freely you have received, now freely give. Is there anybody? You'd slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me right now. I want to make that, that, that step. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. that uncomfortable feeling that you have inside, that's the Lord tugging at your heart. He's here wanting, wanting, to, wanting you to let Him in. Is there anyone? Father, I've, I've shared the word with people. And for those that have never made you the Lord of your life, I thank you that these words will not leave them. Your word will continue to ring in their heart. I thank you, Father. And we thank you, Father, for the rest of us, for the boldness to come upon us to step out and speak your word to the lost. Speak your word to those that need help. I thank you, Father. And we give you all the glory and all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, turn and greet someone around you, and you're dismissed. <laughs>